Hello, welcome to another episode of Papa Bear Hikes. Okay, here we are. We've interviewed our members of the AT class of 2023, Papa Bear Hikes virtual family, individually. Well, today we're able to get at least two of our members together. We're waiting to hear, two of them might be checking in. One had given me a notice that sent me a message that she had an emergency come up at the last minute. Hopefully everything's okay. But today I have with me Andy and Jessica, who are going to share with us where they're at at this point in their planning and um, get to know each other a little bit. Uh, those of you who have followed this year's virtual family are aware that the people who participated this year, they actually were communicating with each other on the trail. And I guess you could say they developed a bit of a virtual uh, friendship or bond. And that was pretty cool because as I interviewed them post-hike, I really enjoyed hearing their experiences and how they were able to communicate with who was up trail or down trail. But what was really interesting, and I know I got a lot of positive feedback on these segments, is the unique experience each hiker had. Because of all that positive experience, like I said, we're doing this again in 2023. Andy and Jessica, welcome to Papa Bear Hikes Podcast. Thanks for having me back. Thank you, Martin. Jessica? I first want to start by congratulating you. You had a busy summer. Congratulations on your marriage. Thank you. And Congratulations. It like, but it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun in Colorado and we wish you the best and have a long, happy marriage. Thank you. Yeah, Colorado was freaking awesome. It's one of those places nobody comes back and says, eh, it was, you know, right? there, <laughs> there's certain places like Vermont's another one of those places. You know, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if I've talked to anybody that said, eh, it was so-so. <laughs> yeah, it was one Just, of those places we almost didn't come back from. So there's that. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Ask my wife. You know, I, I came back from, and I even mentioned this in my book, that Vermont came my mistress. It became the other woman in my life. I came home wanting to go back. Uh, you're not far from vermont are you marty no it's I, I i took the bus when i went up there but wendy and i we vacationed up there the year i went out on the long trail i think it took us maybe five hours five and a half hours to get to rutland cool yeah so yeah not bad at all jessica we will start with you the happy newlywed you could tell us you know some i'm hoping people have heard the first segment of these interviews and heard your your episode but tell us a little bit about yourself just give us a brief background on you um so if not hi i'm jessica i'm i guess like a baby backpacker uh aspiring at through hiker sometimes biker just overall i like being outside in the woods um yeah so uh, do you want me to go through like about the hike next year, the AT hike? We'll get to that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're going to talk. Yeah. I'll ask you some questions about next year's hike. And, but yeah, you said you're a biker and you live pretty close to a pretty cool trail. Yes. The gap. And we had talked in the other episode about how I was supposed to do that. And then my wife hurt her knee while we were uh, maybe five or six miles in. So I did have a busy summer, but I also had a bad luck summer. <laughs> Yeah, so we didn't get the whole way to Cumberland, but we do bike sections of that trail all the time. So it's it's still cool. Yeah, that's on my bucket list. That looks like a pretty cool trail to bike. Yeah. Andy, give us a little bit of a refresher on your background here. 
from central Connecticut. I am currently 56 years old and I was in the military, played sports my whole life. Um, and then, you know, when you get a little older, uh, you, I did a lot of day backpacking, just day hiking. And then um, <clears throat> about five years ago, I decided to try to do an overnight. And that overnight was Harper's Ferry to Pennsylvania. <laughs> it was four days, my first backpacking trip. And, uh, you know, at the time I had planned to section hike the Appalachian Trail. So wait a minute. I'm 50 something years old. It's going to take forever at two weeks vacation every year. So um, made the decision four years ago that I was going to attempt a through hike, but I, I, I'm not going to wait till retirement because I don't know what my physical condition will be then. So I'm um, going to take a, a leave of absence from work. Um, they're okay with it as long as it's unpaid leave of absence. Um, and I just basically for five years put away $25 a year. I'm sorry, a week uh, to cover it. And, um, you know, just like the summer Jess had, <laughs> I had rotator surgery last week of April. I don't know. I don't know if I told you. I, I know you and I follow each other on uh, Instagram and I put up a couple of photos, but, you know, had, had a little injury at work in the winter and, um, Needed rotator surgery on my right shoulder. Took my first trip this past Monday. Felt great. I only put 10 pounds in the pack and I'm usually carrying 20 to 25 in my light AF uh, frameless, but it felt good. Um, I didn't do anything crazy. Just a short uh, jaunt around Connecticut for a few miles. Felt pretty good. So um, I will increase the weight in the pack next week and you know, do what I'm supposed to do in shoulder rehab, but I don't think it's going to be a problem. I'm back to work full time next Monday. And uh, so I'm ready. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, got a start date, got a, got a, a room at the Amicalilla Falls Lodge the night before. Um, just got to get a flight ticket out of Westchester. Um, Cause it's again, 45 minutes from my house to trails, 45 minutes. I'm in a good spot in the state of Connecticut where I'm, I'm close to the trail, close to Westchester airport. And um, yeah, I did, did my research on that and uh, get off in Atlanta airport and then take the Marta, I believe it's called metropolitan something Atlanta train all the way to the end, the red line to the end. And it comes to like a concrete wall with pads on it, like a Yankee stadium, <laughs> the Yankee clipper train. Um, and from there, I will, uh, across the street at REI, you have to grab your propane canister for your camp stove because you can't fly with it. That's about the only thing you can't fly with in checked-in luggage, if, if, if my research is, co is correct. And um, just, so grab it there. And um, I've been in touch with uh, a, a fellow Navy veteran, Ron, Ron's Appalachian Trail Shuttles. Do you see him online a little bit? He's, he's the popular guy. We've been messaging back and forth recently. That is and, correct. Yeah. And he said, uh, just tell me what day you're going to be there. He said, I'll be there, shipmate. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> now, Jessica, you're going to be traveling. So you're, I'm, you're going northbound, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You got I plenty of time. Sure on that again, just want to read. You check that. And you're going to be traveling from Western Pennsylvania down to Atlanta. Have you put any time or thought into what your your travel plans will be to get to your starting point? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
So her and I had talked about uh, driving down. Her sister lives in North Carolina. So I think we were going to do like a mini road trip. Um, She also has family in Georgia somewhere. So we were just going to kind of like see her sister, see her other family, maybe stay with them. And then she dropped me off at the trailhead and probably follow me for a couple of days because she's a worrywart. So, yeah, I think there's a balance there between over planning, which I have a tendency to do <laughs> and being reckless. So yeah, you find that balance and yeah, there's a certain amount of excitement that, okay, when, when this is the date I need to be on the trail by. So we're going to take a road trip. That actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Now with the flights, I know from this past summer when I went out West, yeah, you, the only thing I needed to get was the, my butane for my stove. So yeah, you're absolutely right about that, Andy, that you're, you're not allowed to, to, to bring that on the plane with you. Jessica, I know you spent some time in Colorado enjoying the outdoors. Did you do any physical preparation this summer for the, for your trip? Um, I would say the Colorado trip was a little bit on those lines. Um, with the wedding stress and hustle bustle, I kind of like stopped doing anything besides wedding planning uh, about the whole month of September. And then we got out to Colorado and realized that taking three weeks off of walking a lot every day puts you out of shape a little bit. <laughs> so we we struggled a little on our hikes, but um, yeah, that that kind of kick-started it back up. And so I'll just keep doing what I was doing. I, I go out on my days off. I usually do like eight or nine mile days on my days off. And then I'll take walks before work sometimes, or we have like a stationary bike. So. All right. You're keeping the, yeah, keeping yourself fit. Yeah. Cause yeah, you won't, you know, no matter how fit you, are, I've heard this from a lot of hikers I've met and interviewed it's it, preparing to backpack for long distance that's the only way you're going to truly be prepared to do it but if you're doing the things like your exercises and your stretching you're you're eliminating a lot of the possibility of injuries or getting off because you're just finding it too difficult how about you andy have you done anything this summer i know you you were recovering from your shoulder surgery but did you have an opportunity to do anything the only thing I could do uh, while recovering from surgery was lower body. I was on the treadmill. I was on the stairmaster. I was on the leg press. Uh, every every cardio leg machine I could do. And just recently, in the last couple of weeks, I I trying to kind of wean myself out of the gym and more onto trail with a pack. Like I like I said earlier, I'm I'm starting with I just had ten pounds. Um, on my first trip with a pack, it felt good to have a pack on. I, I was reluctant to put on my light AF 40 curve, which is frameless. I'm like, I don't want to start my first time with a pack with that. Cause I know what it feels like. It's not the most comfortable, but it's ultra light. So that's why I, I, I take it on long trips. So I use, um, I have a Osprey 58 liter. I, I it's the Exos 58 mm-hmm. liter. Um, and it's, it's so comfortable, but it weighs, uh, 2.4 pounds, um, without the lid, without the brain on it. So I, I just put 10 pounds in there and, um, I put, uh, my hammock and my tarp 
and the straps and, and, and all the Dutchware stuff I have, the clips. I put that in there. I walked out three miles. I hung the hammock and I realized that I need to get a little quicker in hanging my tarp and my hammock for, you know, rain purposes, which it's going to happen. So, um, I mean, I could do that in my own yard. I don't know, a couple acres of woods. I just got to get quicker. And, you know, the next time it's pouring rain on a weekend and, 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 and my wife looks out the window, I'm going to be out in the yard trying to hang my tarp and my hammock as quick as I can, you know, in my backyard in the rain. Cause, and, and Jess, you, you might want to try that out. If you have a little space of lawn or something to put up your tent in the pouring rain without getting it soaked inside. I don't know what you're using for a tent. Is it a, is it a, 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 um, a, a double layer tent or single? Um, so it is actually a double walled, but it's, different so you set up the um the rain tarp portion first with oh, trekking poles that. and then there's an inner bathtub floor like net thing that hooks inside of the tarp um so i spent like hours pouring over the internet to find a tent that was like that it's uh six moon designs I know them. I, I have something by Six Moon Designs. It may be. I, I think it's the uh, the umbrella, which I'm probably not going to take. No, it's 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 a good company. Yeah. So that's that's what I wanted was something that I could set the the you know rain tarp up first and not have the inside of my tent be wet by the time I was setting mm-hmm. it up. So, yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I just I just got to get a little quicker. I have I didn't put it up for for eight or nine months, um, you know, because of re- surgery recovery. Now I could actually put my arms up over my head without pain. I got I got to get to do it. And I got to do it quicker than like eight minutes the other day on Monday. It was like eight minutes. It was a beautiful sunny day by the Housatonic River in Connecticut on the AT. And um, Marty, you probably saw the photos on Instagram that I put up. Um, I put it up, you know, I laid down for 30 minutes. Couldn't really nap, but um I just got to get quicker at that. And, uh, you know, and, you know, as far as, as far as gear goes, I'm, I think I have everything tested out. I have one last thing to test. I have everything, but I don't know if you wanted to move into gear or not. Yeah. I might be getting ahead. No, we're on but, that topic, um, but let's keep, let's stay on that. Cold weather, sleeping in a hammock. Um, it's, it's a different animal. You know, Jess, you're lucky you you could still sleep in a tent. You know, as as you know, you're young, you could still sleep in a tent on an air pad. When you get older, you can, but you don't want to sleep on the ground anymore, no matter how thick the air pad is. So you you know you move over to a hammock, which is, you know, it's like sleeping at home in your own bed in a hammock. It's so comfortable, but the air comes from underneath. Seventy five percent of the cold comes from underneath. So uh, having light enlightened equipment. Um, 30 degree quilt for the top. I'm not worried about it, which the next, the next issue is, you know, when you go through the Smokies, unless the shelters are full, you have to stay in the shelter. Well, if I have an under quilt, I'm on the hard ground. So I'm going to test out an air mattress underneath. So I have the option of a shelter uh, or my hammock throughout the trail. Um, and that's the only thing I have to test out that I could take some cold weather from underneath without an under quilt. Yeah. I've tried to hammock. I'll probably go back this summer. Wasn't 
really the time for me to try it because in the desolation wilderness, there's campsites where finding the right trees could be difficult. The only time I tried a hammock was in the Catskills. It was July and I didn't have any insulation under me at all. And even though it was July, I just froze my tail off. But it was comfortable. It, it was comfortable being in the hammock. Mm -hmm. It does. I took my son out last summer for his, this, not this summer here, the summer before 21. I took him out for his first time in a hammock and it was in August and it was like 90 during the day, but he didn't sleep at night because it got cold underneath and he, he's 18, you know? So um, yeah, just the, the underneath warmth is, is probably the last thing I really have to test. And um, October is next week. We're going to get some colder weather and, and, and I only need to do one night out. I don't need to stay out uh, on a long shakedown to find out one cold night. I'll find out. I'll make adjustments, stay out another cold night, just make adjustments that I'm warm underneath <clears throat> without an under quilt, which is, they say it cannot be done, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Now, Jessica, you're a ground dweller like I am. I haven't <laughs> jumped into it. I haven't fully embraced, but you know, I'm a year older than Andy. And it's, I, every time I admire these guys that are out there in the hammocks, because it looks so comfortable, but I, I use an air mattress. What, what are you using to sleep on in, um, on the trail? So actually in Colorado was my first time testing out a, uh, Neo, Neo air, uh, Thermarest Neo air. And it was, we got caught in this hailstorm. Uh, camping at a site that was at like 10,000 feet of elevation and the wind is just like whipping through the tent and it's freezing and it took like three hours for us to get warm and after my body finally warmed up I was like wow this sleeping pad is so comfortable and she told me in the morning that like she was not warm the whole night like she didn't sleep and so it does make a huge difference having like something warm underneath you but yeah, that's what I'm using right now. It's not the most comfortable, but I mean, it's, it's fine. Usually I do enough miles on my little trips that I clunk out when I get in my tent. So I don't really notice. After a full day of hiking, you'll, you'll be amazed how quickly you could become comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So you're the Neo air. That's the yellow one. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's, that's what I have. So I noticed, I noticed that if you don't put full air in it, like don't blow it up all the way, because if you blow it up all the way, it feels like you're sleeping on a rock. It's loud. It's, yeah. And it's awful. <laughs> but if you don't blow it up all the way, it is actually pretty nice. So that's my tip. Yep. And that's, and that's, um, that's also the tip that we hammock, we hammockers use, um, we, we blow up half to three quarters. Um, and it's not like you said, hard, like a rock. And, um, that's what I put underneath me. I, I, um, that's the last thing I have to test out. If I could, that Neo air, I think I have a regular wide worried about my shoulders. I sleep on my side, so I should be okay. Um, that's the last thing I have to test out putting that underneath me in my hammock. And if it works, I'm, I'm good. Well, it was warm on the ground, but I know that I've, I've heard the drafts under your butt can be quite uncomfortable in a hammock. So. Yeah. That's why you got to stay low to the ground. I try to get like just under a foot off the ground. 
Um, and in my hammock tarp, it's, it's, it's made of Dyneema. It weighs nine and a half ounces. It's 12 feet by eight feet with doors. So it's literally a floating tent is what we call it. Um, and the doors close. You get doors close on both sides. So it's like looking at a tent. I can get this thing six inches off the ground. So very little air is going to come through. Um, and that's how I got the name floating tent on the internet. So, um, yeah, I'm just waiting for a little more chilly or air to come in. It's getting down into the uh, into the 40s, mid mid high 40s now in the northeast. So, and uh, in another week or two, um, I'll just be doing single overnighters testing and see what adjustments to make. I don't. I'm I'm just I'm 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 concerned about the Smokies with a 30 degree quilt. Um, I may get a liner. I may get a silk liner to give myself 10 degrees. It weighs eight, eight and a half ounces. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm big on my weight. So, I mean, I, my, uh, my base weight's like 12 and a half pounds. And Jessica, what kind of backpack are you going with? Um, so we recently got these Sierra designs, uh, flex capacitors and it's, it's not frameless. It has this very light aluminum, like Y frame, like a suspension frame. Um, I thought I would hate it. I really love it. It's 40 to 60 liters. So it's got these straps that you cinch all along the side. Um, it's carried 20 pounds super comfortably so far. So I think that's what I'm going to probably end up using. Now, everybody has here. Everybody has this the comfort item where they're willing to sacrifice ounces to be a little bit more comfortable. Do you have that item on your checklist, Andy, that, that one item that you're saying, and eh, I'm bringing a little bit extra weight, but it's worth it. It'll make me a little bit more comfortable. Good question. I don't know if I have an answer for you on that. Um, I don't know if the, if the liner, that I want to take is really it at eight and a half. I don't, I don't know that that, I don't know that I have anything like that. That's a very good question. I have to think about that. Yeah. Um, I pack an, an inflatable pillow. That's my, my confession for the luxury item I bring with me. Yeah. They're like three ounces. Yeah. yeah. But I've heard people um, say, well, why would you bring a pillow? Well, I want to be comfortable. I want to get a good night's sleep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have anything that to, to make me more comfortable. I mean, I, I like what I have, but um, I, I guess you know the Neo Air um, mattress in a hammock is odd. Uh, very few percentage of hammock uh, sleepers use it. They just get that under quilt, nice and warm. Like I said. You know, if, if you have Hurricane Ian coming through, you know, the southern part of the trail and, you know, you're in a tent uh, with your air mattress, you can go right in a shelter. If I'm in a hammock and all I have is uh, an underquilt and it's warm, I'm still sleeping on the ground on a hardwood floor. And, and I can't do that anymore. I could do that when I was 29, <clears throat> but not anymore. <laughs> Yeah, when I hike, fine. I'll lend you my pad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna t I'm gonna take the ne the Neo Air and I'm gonna test it out in October this uh, this coming month. Um, and and if I could stay warm underneath, then it'll save me <laughs> 
$400 on an underquilt and an extra 26 ounces to carry, which I don't think I can in my pack. My pack is only rated for 25 pounds comfortable food and water. So that's another thing. I really have to sit down with a calculator and do the math with, with, with a calculator. When you're going like light AF Dyneema, you have to sit down with the calculator and your checkbook together uh, and you have to get under a certain base weight or you want, you want the majority of the weight to be for food and water. Um, and that's where I'm at. I want food and I want water uh, and I, I want that to be half my base weight. So I'm down just under 13, 12 and a half, 13. And I don't want to go higher than that. Um, because it won't, it won't carry comfortably. It's, it's rated for 25 pounds with, with, um, hip pockets on it, no frame. It's funny you bring up, you know, the calculator, the, the money. I, I did an episode early on when I started the podcast about ultralight backpacking. And I kind of have this little formula I've come up with is how many ounces, how much is it going to cost me to save that many ounces? Uh, Absolutely. Make that decision. I'll tell you if, if, if I had to add everything up, um, to get ultralight, I'm well over $2,000 in the last two and a half years, just putting pieces together to keep that weight light so I can go further. Um, and Jessica, do you have that piece of gear you're bringing with you or that one item that you're bringing with you just for comfort reasons? I, I cannot consider my pillow a comfort item because no, <laughs> there's people I, out I there. Agree, I agree, you, Jess. Just take some clothes and sleep on top of your clothes. No, no that doesn't work no. for me. You know, that does not work. <laughs> speaking of clothes, I think my comfort thing is going to be extra clothes. And I know that that's not like a, um, you know, if you, if you read things on, the internet, it'll be like, oh, well, you just need your hiking clothes and your camp clothes. But nope. like I told you with the hailstorm, like we, I, the clothes that I had on were so soaking wet, I couldn't have put them back on the next day. So I, I think I'm going to take two pairs of hiking clothes and then I can alternate. So I won't, you know, die of hypothermia. <laughs> I, I would agree with yeah. that. I tried that whole thing with just put the wet clothes on in the morning. No, thank you. Yeah, right. No, like, no. No. I'm doing I'm doing like three socks, two underwear, things like that. But it's it, they're they're just, you know, grams. They're not even ounces when you when it comes down to right. that. An extra, you know, and even if it's not raining, I sweat a lot. So, yeah, my clothes, mm. I want to, you know, I want dry clothes in the morning. That's that's, that's I'm with both of you on that. I'll, I'll take the weight penalty on that so I can have dry clothes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right now my base weight's at like 15 pounds and that's because there's like three different um base layers in there and I'm like I don't even care it's fine I I'll do it. And th that's not bad, Jess. That's not bad at all. Um It sounds like the two of you pretty much have dialed in your gear. You know, Andy, you pointed out you you just want to get out there and do a road test with the hammock and the um and that sleeping mattress. And, and just a side note to that in 2019, I hiked from Bear Mountain, New York to the Vermont border. And I really came close to doing it with a hammock. But what stopped me is if it's going to rain, I like being in a shelter. And I thought, you know, the sleeping pad. And so I'm interested to hear how that goes for you. Bringing the tarp works the same way. I've, I've, um, 
the last um, last year and the year before, I did a week section twice, uh, starting from North Adams, Massachusetts, the Vermont border of Mass. Um, and I, I did two 30 mile sections the last two years. And, and it, it poured and wind one night and we stayed at Glastonbury Mountain at the top, right close to the fire tower. Um, and it was 40 degrees and it was windy and it was rainy and it was cold and like the first week of September. And, um, you know, underneath I got a little cold from the wind, but I stayed dry in, in my tarp. You put that tarp up first, get the tarp up quick. And then you just, you could actually just sit and relax, putting your, putting your hammock up. You know, that setup you have that, that tent type of setup, cause I'm familiar with it. I've seen it. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of, stopping that convection effect effect of the wind removing the yeah. heat. And, the, and personally, I think it's, it's doesn't make any sense to have a tarp without doors for it's, you have to have the doors. You close up the doors, you're, you're there, you know, you're cutting so much wind with that. And, and um, I wonder if, if we could talk briefly about food on the trail. Oh, absolutely. Because, because Jess is uh, a few generations behind us in age and she can get, I'm sure at, at your age, Jess, you can get away with the pop tarts and, and the ramen noodles, but us, I don't know if, if, if uh, Marty and I are middle-aged or older, I think we're in between. Yeah. Right. We're tweens. Yes. Yes. We're, tweens. <laughs> we're, 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 we're in between middle age and older, right on the middle. Right. Would you, would you say yeah, that? Yeah. That's safe, safe bet. Right. Uh, so we can't get away with pop tarts and Snickers bars and, 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 and top ramen noodles. I mean, before I tell you what my plan is, I like to hear what, what Jess is planning for, for daily uh, diet, dietary stuff. So I, I actually follow a ketogenic diet. Same here. And I, yeah, we, you and I talked about this on Facebook, actually. <laughs> we did. Yeah. I, I apologize. That's I don't remember. Okay. I, I chat with so many people on a daily basis. See, I'm not a um, social media person. So everybody I talk to, I'm like, yeah, I remember you. But yeah, we, yeah. Um, oh, it was last week. No, was it? no, it was probably no? like a, month, somebody else. a month ago. Okay. But yep. So I plan to just have things uh, shipped along the way i'll pick up some stuff that i can like peanut butter i'm obsessed with peanut butter but are you going to carry a jar absolutely that's yeah i'm thinking about it because i watch evan evan's backpacking videos and he did an entire video on 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 keto and he did the whole thing really close to keto i've been doing keto for two years and i really like it my body runs off of fat that's it and i'm i'm a two dozen eggs a week and my cholesterol is perfect yeah you know so um so yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of deciding whether I want to buy the little cups or do I just want to take the yeah, jar? Take the so I, you Come know, on. that might be the, Marty, that might be Marty. That might be my luxury item is the peanut butter jar. <laughs> jar. And, and, and that might be my luxury item. And, and, and while, while you were saying that a few minutes ago, I was thinking that I don't have a luxury item gear, but there will be some food. Um, I, I'm a chef by, I'm a culinary graduate. I'm a chef by trade for 30 years. So, um, no, I'm not going to do any fancy stuff, 
uh, you know, I'm not going to start, you know, sauteing and flambe and stuff. I won't have pots and pans. I try to go as ultra light as possible, but um, I really, really love keto two years. It's great. Um, peanut butter. I have a similar obsession as Jess with peanut butter. So I'm leaning toward the jar yeah. rather than the, the, than the little, um, the little plastic cups because you don't have trashed all out. Um, the other question was, Jess, how do you feel about olive oil? Uh, I take little Nalgene um, containers full of olive oil. They're about four ounce containers. And I either dehydrate dinners or I buy um, the dehydrated meat from like Nutristore. And mm -hmm. I will dehydrate my own vegetables and then put like spices and stuff in and I boil water when I get to camp and I put water and olive oil in every meal. So <laughs> that's yeah. great. That's great. Um, that's another thing. I, I, fat. I, like you have to add fat to everything, you know, to everything, everything. But um, I'm considering along with a jar of peanut butter, maybe a, a plastic bottle of olive oil. I don't, so you're, you, if you're, you're going to, you're going to do some mail drops. I don't plan on doing any mail drops at all. Um, I, I don't want to put that on my wife, um, home with two German shepherds and, 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 uh, you know, she's in, she's in the, in the corporate world. So you're running this house without me. Kids are all grown and gone, but, um, running this house, uh, without me is going to take a lot and I'm not going to put that on top of getting the garden going and all that other stuff that I'm putting on her. So, um, mail drops is not going to work for me. So I, like I said, I did watch Evan's video and I don't think it's possible to go hundred percent keto, uh, with little gas station resupplies. Um, but he went pretty close and, and I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to miss my avocados. I'm seven days wow. a week. I eat an avocado for two, over two years now. I have an avocado sometimes two every day. I'll eat it like I'm, I'll look at my wife. She's eating an apple. I'm eating an avocado like like an apple. Um, it's great. Uh, um, and I've grown a love for it. I mean, I don't need it to be in guacamole just as is. is fine. I don't need salt and pepper. It's just, you know, you, you, you fall in love with the flavor of the avocado, right? You got to try a baked egg in the avocado. I saw that on it's Pinterest. So good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jessica, you're preparing a lot of your food. I dehydrate all my food because I'm very particular. I don't like that. I have bad reaction to some additives. So that's why I've always, I'm always preparing. I dehydrate my own foods. You have that control over your diet when you do that. That's the biggest pro, I think. To, you know, There's pros and cons of both approaches to, to resupply. But for me personally, controlling what's in my food is the biggest pro. And is that pretty much what's driving you to to dehydrate and prepare your food in advance? Um, it's, it's a combination of that and how I physically feel like if, you know, Andy can attest to this, if he's been on keto for two years, like if I go off, I feel like I'm 10% instead of, you know, a hundred, like I do when I'm on. And so to be able to control my carbs is like the main driving thing there. Um, it's, it's feasible to, do like a mixture, you know, like I was saying, buy cream cheese and peanut butter and butter in town, but the main stuff, you know, the, the meats and the vegetables, like I want to be able to have control over that because there's, 
I don't want to say hidden carbs and sound like some weird Atkins commercial, but there's like hidden carbs in stuff that you buy in the grocery store. There sure and, is. You know, you, you pick up those cauliflower crust pizzas and you're like, oh, that's keto friendly. And then you look at the box and it has 30 some grams of carbs. And I try to stay under 20. Mm-hmm. I try to stay under mm-hmm. 30 when I'm hiking. So mm-hmm. I have to be really particular so that I can right. accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. We're going to eat a lot of peanut butter. Yeah, we are. I'm telling you, you know what? And there's, <laughs> those little packets are like teasers. Okay. Oh my you God. put that little packet on there and you want more, you know, and the cool thing about the jar is the day before you go into resupply, when you have that, or the day you're going in that last lunch, you can empty out the jar. You just, you know, it's like, ah, mm-hmm. I'll just empty this thing out. Yeah. I'm getting a new one tomorrow. Yeah. I, Jessica, I'm with you. Go with the jar. The worst thing about that for me though, is I am a uh, snob about my peanut butter. I can't just eat like Jif or Peter Pan or whatever. I get this, uh, Santa Cruz is the brand. It's like I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write that down. Oh my god! I mean, I'm I'm eating. I'm eating Teddy's. But listen, it comes in a glass jar. It doesn't come in a glass. Santa Cruz. It's called Santa Cruz, and it's uh, it's roasted peanuts, and it's just peanuts. So there's no. It's like two carbs per two tablespoons. Have you tried Teddy's? Mm-mm. They don't sell that anywhere. That that's a, that's I get Teddy's uh, unroasted, all natural, unsalted. Okay. Um, and that's in a glass jar too. So I don't know how I'm going to do. I'm not carrying glass. Um, See, I'm so I'm heavily considering carrying the glass jar. <laughs> just repackage. I, it. I may I may I may have to suck it up and just buy a Jiffy because it's plastic or you know uh, Joe's grocery store brand peanut butter. If it's pla, I just I don't I'm. <laughs> I don't want to give up the ounces. <laughs> you can always repackage it too. You can scoop it into a plastic container. That's true. That that'll that'll get everywhere, won't it? Yeah. Well, if I'm having mailboxes, that'll be my <laughs> wife's job. So I won't have to. Worry. No, yeah, you're you're lucky. You're mess. lucky enough. Um, no mail drops for me. Unfortunately, I'd love to, but I don't. I'm not in that position to have mail drops. But um. I don't think I'll be able to do it 100%, but um, I did. I want to share this with you. I found something on the trek.com on their website, and it was about six months ago. And it was a list of every single resupply on the Appalachian Trail by the mileage number. And it was 30 something pages. And I printed it out front and back on my printer and I have it on paper. And then I outlined all the miles. It, just, it was, it was a long winter and spring, um, you know, with, with an ice pack on my shoulder for six months. Uh, so I have everything on paper. Um, and if you go to the trek.com, you could find it and download it and look at it. And it'll say mile number 30, Good resupply, bad resupply. And what I did, I copied all the resupplies, okay, and I put them on my phone, and I'm trying to find them right now. So so I put this on here with resupply mileages all the way up through Connecticut when I just redo it again when I'm home on a double zero, and it says resupply. I don't know if you could see with the glare right. with a thumbs up there and a thumbs yeah. down at every with a thumbs up and a thumbs down at every mile marker I got from that website. So 
I'll pull out my phone. Okay, uh, mile 137, I put a thumbs up. So it's an adequate resupply place. Here's one, the, the, the first one that does not look good. Mile 367, I put a thumbs down because it's a gas station resupply. For me, trying to stay as close to keto as I can. So I have two thumbs down in a row. So mile markers 367 and 393 are two thumbs down in a row, which means I'm looking at gas stations for a while. So the one before that, 342, it's a thumbs up. I'm going to have to carry extra extra weight and food because um, it's not it's not an adequate resupply. But that that on the website, it's a really, really great tool uh, that they put up there. And, and there's a whole like a, a paragraph next to each resupply and it tells you um, here's the these are the stores um, adequate or limited. In the, in the, and it's great. It's great to, and, I, and I'm reading it like a book trying to memorize it. So I did almost the exact same thing, but with the mail drops. <laughs> uh huh. So I, you did. Did you get it? Did you get it from the trip? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. So I went through and, and made an Excel spreadsheet of all the mileage of all the possible mail drops I put their hours of operation on. Spreadsheet. I could figure out what days and times are feasible to, um, you know, pick up my packages from the post office. Did you, did you, are you going to, are you going to drop that spreadsheet to your cell phone? Oh, probably. Yeah. I'm, I'm like in the midst of doing it all because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, like zip file or something you could open. That's great. Like I don't want to, I don't want to plan out all my <clears throat> mileage meticulously like that though, but it kind of requires that if I'm going to do it that way. Keto does require a little more planning than, than, yeah. you know, pop tarts and ramen noodles. <laughs> so it just, it sucks. Cause you hear people say like, you don't want to plan your miles on your through hike. And I'm like, ah, oh, but I want to finish the through hike. So I kind of have to. <laughs> Yeah, we have to plan our diet and, and planning, planning a diet means planning miles. And, and if it's going to go hand in hand, that's what we have to do. I just want to say that it's, it's really great to hear the two of you putting so much attention into diet because there are there's people going out there and living on Pop-Tarts and ramen bombs. <laughs> and then they're getting to like, you know, Pennsylvania, New York, Southern Vermont, and they're like, but I can't keep any weight on and I, I don't have any energy or <laughs> <laughs> Jess, that's your age group. That's doing oh, it. I know. I'm not a part of it. <laughs> you're, you're, you are, uh, you're way ahead of the game at 29 and, and, and trying to do this keto. Good for you. So, um, it's, it's funny. Cause today, the past couple of days, her and I have been cheating on the diet. You know, we came back and my parents were like, Oh, let's get pizza. And we were like, Oh, okay. So, um, I, I went out and did a, a little hike this morning and oh my gosh, it kicked my butt. I was like, yeah, no, tomorrow we're back on the, the regular because it's like mm -hmm. I said, it's like operating at 10%. It's awful. It is. It's bad. I try living 30 minutes from New Haven, Connecticut, pizza capital. Of the oh, world. No. <laughs> it's bad. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a pizza snob, so I won't eat the local pizza because it's not New Haven. And if I'm not driving 35 minutes, I'm not going to eat it because I, I, I won't. I, I grew up, you know, with, you know, Pepe's 
Sally's and all those big name places. And I, I don't want to, whatever they call it up here and <laughs> up here in Northern Connecticut, whatever they think they want to call it. But uh, it's not, you know, I, I've, be, I've become a coffee snob because of, you know, my coffee thing, but, and then pizza too. And, and I have one, I try to have one cheat meal. People say, you know, what's your cheat day? No, it's not a day. It's a cheat day when you're on Atkins, you know, it's a whole day. Uh, when it's, when you're on keto, it's a meal because if you go too far, it's going to take you forever to get back in ketosis. So I do usually a Saturday dinner is what I do. And that'll be my meal. Um, one meal a week is, 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 is my cheat. Um, and I usually bounce back pretty good and you know, I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, moody on Sunday mornings from that, but by midday, you know, I think I'm back. Now, Andy, you're one of the people who was on our 2022 tramway is from New York city. And one of our discussions was pizza. And I grew up outside the city in North Jersey and around a lot of Italians, uh, the people running the pizza places where I lived were from Italy. So my question was, you know, you're going to be able to eat pizza when you leave the New York city area in a metropolitan area. And it sounds like, yeah, you're, there, <laughs> there is no pizza outside of that area. You know, real pizza. There's not. And I, and, I, um, you know, and, and if you were in Jersey, Jersey knows pizza, New York knows pizza, no offense to Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh pizza is awful. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, New, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, the tri-state area, um, even if you go down, down in the center of uh, Boston, uh, I think it's in the water. I really do. Uh, my, my wife owned her own pizza restaurant for five years. And that's dangerous in my house. So we, I try to, I don't let her, I don't let, she could toss pizza up in the air like you see in the movies. Right. Uh, for five years, she had her own pizza restaurant here. Uh, and um, no, I don't think she's made pizza here in almost a year. I'm fighting it off. I said, don't know. Let's buy some dough. No, it's not. Let's get some gluten-free dough. No, what? <laughs> it's like that. So um, now I have all kinds of temptations to deal with. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I won't, I won't have the need. Yeah, that's, I won't have the need for, uh, for pizza. We went on our, we got married and had our honeymoon uh, three and a half years ago in Gatlinburg, <laughs> almost on trail, like pretty close to the trail. And um, it was my second, it was her second. So it was, let's not do anything big. Let's just get in the car and drive. She doesn't fly. So let's get in the car and drive. So we drove 11 and a half hours and we were in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, right in the Smokies in Tennessee. And we just did it there. Um, yeah, and I saw the pizza there and I wasn't impressed. So uh, no offense to them, but that's not pizza. It's not. If you grew up in the New York City area, you know what pizza is. Tri-state. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tri-state area. Absolutely. And, uh, it's not. Uh, so um, getting back to dietary restrictions, we went off on a pizza thing. Yeah, which, I, I got to go order a who pizza now. Hey, hold on. I gotta <laughs> who doesn't love pizza, right? If it's done right. Uh but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can. I don't, I, I expect that I will, you know, without getting mail drops, I, I could do the best I can. If I could stay 75% keto, you know, maybe I'm going to be bouncing in and out of ketosis, but um, I'll keep, uh, I just 
keep putting the fats in as much as I can. And then the other question is, well, if you're not going to be hundred percent keto and you're not, your body's not going to be in ketosis, what's the sense of doing it? If I can go in for a week and out for a few days and in for a week and out, then I'll do it like that. Yeah. Rather than just completely going off the diet, because then you, you can end up developing some habits you're going to take with you off the trail. I would think. Yeah. And there's, there's some diabetes things and, and on my father's side of the family, my sugar's good, but I don't even want to, you know, tempt that well, for a few more years. Like you said, you, <laughs> you, you hit an age where those things start going through your head that, you know, sure my parents or my grandparents um, had this, is there a way I can avoid it? I'm getting my final physical from my doctor in, in two and a half weeks from now. And, and that's going to, he's going to say, yes, you can go. No, you can't. I know I'm fine. I feel great, but just to get, you know, uh, a sign off from my doctor for me on a, on a, on a long distance through hike, make me feel better, but I'm going regardless. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the months are going to fly by for you guys leading up to your trip. So I'm so freaking out right now. <laughs> <laughs> so let me start with Jessica. I did I, did... <laughs> Family members, loved ones. What is their biggest concern to you? I know, I know what the questions are, right? Is it dangerous out there? Bears, snakes, et cetera. Jessica with you, your loved ones, your, your wife, your family, have they expressed any like big concerns to you at this point? Anything like, Oh my God, that's so scary. You're so dangerous. Um, most people just say I'm crazy. Um, yeah, I've heard that too. I've gotten that. <laughs> my family is actually really supportive. Like I said on the last podcast, like, you know, my dad's only concern was, oh, you're a young female solo hiker. Like, that's not cool. But he knows that I can handle myself. And my wife's just like, yeah, have fun out there. So everybody's super chill that like knows me pretty well. You know, it's strangers that say I'm crazy, but whatever. They're crazy too. <laughs> And I interviewed a woman who's the CEO of a organization called Girls Fight Back, and they specifically work on trying to, they've now, they're multi-gender now, but they started out with helping women deal with the apprehension, that nervousness of going into the outdoor and having those human on human encounters. Because I could tell you over the years of hiking, backpacking, anything I've done in the outdoors, 50 years I've been doing this. Human encounters are your most dangerous. It's not going to be the bears or the snakes, but even those, I mean, how often it's very rare you hear about bad encounters on the trail. And I think you trust your own instincts. And this is what Nicole Snell had talked about. A lot of times it's just trusting your own instincts. If a situation feels bad or feels dangerous, you know, you, you use those, use that intuition you have to say, okay, I need to create some distance or move on. But you know, you're, you're bright enough person i think you're going to be fine her and i were um looking at something the other day about the i think it's 11 that there have been 11 murders on the at like the entire time the trail has existed and she was like people got murdered there and i'm like do you know how many murders happen in pittsburgh i mean yeah. right pick a city in this country pick a you know, or right i hate to get you know, doom and gloom here but how many kids have been killed in school shootings this year? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I think people, people look at it weirdly when it's like, yeah, I'm going to go spend five or six months in the woods. And everybody's like, what? Well, you have to take a gun. You have to take a knife. You can't go out there alone as a female. And I'm like, I get in my car alone as a female. I don't think it's any worse. You know, I think it's probably safer. So. 
Yeah. I heard that from a friend today. What kind of gun you taking? Because they know I'm, I'm, I'm permitted in the city. I'm not taking a gun. What kind of knife you taking? Oh, I got this thing the size of my thumbnail. <laughs> a little, little, it's a, it's a, it's a three ounce uh, mini, super mini Swiss army thing. Only it's got one little tiny knife on one end and, and like a bottle opener on the other end. And like I said, it weighs three ounces or it wasn't coming, you know? <laughs> nice. It's not needed. I've, I've, like I said, I've, I've been, I've been on, the 18 sections in 10 of the 14 states, never any issue ever. Yeah. And you and I live close enough to a, the largest city in the country, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've hiked yeah, yeah. that New Jersey, New York, Connecticut section, where mm-hmm. in the New York section from Bear Mountain Bridge, when it may be a 40 minute ride down into the city, and I've never yep. had any problems. No, I hiked Bear Mountain uh, the week before my surgery. In, in April, uh, I did that uh, major something loop next to the pond, up and around and down the AT, and uh, was good. What a what beautiful view up there! Yeah, it is. It's a it's an underrated section, and but it, it is. is and nice. you could in a, on a clear day, on a clear day, Jess, you're going to see the New York City skyline from uh, from on top of Bear Mountain, New York. It's beautiful. You can see the skyline from from I don't know, fifty miles away or whatever it is, and. Uh, there's two bear mountains. There's a New York and a Connecticut, yeah. if you didn't know. Uh, and there might even be more. I think every state has a bear mountain, it looks yeah. like. from when I, <laughs> Yeah. Bear mountain, yeah. a slide um, mountain, a tabletop, an Indian head. <laughs> I, 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 I do. I did come up with one thing that I, I, I need to challenge myself constantly. So I don't know where Jess is at on the approach trail and the steps up the falls. Um, where I'm at on that, I was tossing it around for the last couple of years. Um, I'm going to not walk the steps up the falls. And if I complete this through hike, I will come back in on a one year anniversary of my start and do it. Then that will be my reward to myself. Not that I don't want to do it in the beginning, but I'm going to re- have to, you know, set up some kind of reward. Hey, if you could, if you could finish this through hike, you're flying back down here next year and you're going to do the steps. Well, I'll come down back with my wife. I'm coming up here. So going down South Seoul, I'll come up here with her. We'll do the steps together uh, a year later, uh, March of 24. And, uh, but that's if I, you know, if I finish it. So I, it's another goal I set for myself. Um, Jess, are you are you uh, blogging or vlogging or doing any of that? Um, I actually might be blogging for the trek. Oh, yeah. So I sent in an application and they said, OK, cool. So that doesn't start until, you know, the beginning of the year, though. So I don't know. I don't oh. know. I have good writing skills. <laughs> One of our 2022 <laughs> hikers did that. Jake Aaron uh, blogged for the trek. So that, that, oh, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Jake finished up, and yeah, he, and I, I said this in the beginning of the interview, all three of these people that I've interviewed that finished up, and I'm still waiting for a couple to come off that I'm going to interview three unique experiences. You know, um, you listen to them, and yes, they all three of them hiked the same trail, but they each had their own unique experience. Uh, Wasn't Stan the man on your show? Yes. Did I hear Stan yes, the man Stan, on your show? Yeah. I follow. I followed him. The he's still putting out videos. Yes. He's a little behind, but yeah, um, yeah it was neat that um, the the woman that he met up with in down south, and they hiked the rest of the way together with her with her dog. Yes. Um, 
she was she was uh on instagram daily Mm -hmm. so and he was in every picture so he's behind but she's finished up so i got to see him finish it seemed like a really cool guy they i just interviewed the two of them a couple of days ago so look for that episode if you've been following yeah i had yeah when he came he i interviewed him on the trail and that was after they had met and he said would you mind and i said of course not you know it was kind of cool to talk to Mm -hmm. the two of them together and yeah so he did his um wrap up interview i guess we'll call it she was with him and she had the dog in the background so yeah look, look for that interview probably next week or so that'll be out there so andy any your family members have any of those nervous any nervous ideas or anything that or are they just calling you crazy too yeah you, you get that too i mean my wife knows i can handle it uh we're, we're you know we've been together for 12 years we're a little concerned about being away from each other. Um, we've got two dogs. You know, one of them is two German Shepherds. One's nice, one's not nice. So we, can, we can't have anybody come and feed them and let them out because one guy's nice and, and the girl's nice, the boy's bad. So um, to get out to meet me on trail, um, we're going to have to board the dogs here and there for a couple of days at a, at a time. We might go over a month which is the, the longest we've been apart in 12 years. And that's, that's, that's mainly on my mind. My mother's 81 years old. My sister lives up here. My brother lives up here too. And uh, she, she doesn't know about it, but she wouldn't understand it anyways at 81. You know, she's from Italy and she says, what do you mean you're going to go in the woods? I don't understand. What's wrong with your house? You know, she'd say something like that. You're going to walk from, you're going to walk from Georgia to Maine. Why not fly? It's faster. <laughs> yeah. She's fly. Why don't you, why don't you drive? You know, but she won't get it. You know, um, couple of co-workers I, I i have um and if i didn't get the thumbs up for my wife i wouldn't do it yeah well, you know, all three of I us wouldn't do it. all three of us are married and and i think we can all agree yeah, that is that's the most important <laughs> right that's the most because important it's part it's of it's a union it's a team that we're all in and and you 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 need the okay you need the thumbs up if you know if the thumbs down were to come down for some reason then that would be it i'd put it off another year but you know i got the thumbs up and um i didn't say hey i think i'm gonna go through hiking no i i it came out would you be cool with me through hiking you know that's how it came out yeah you're right and it is it's got to be a it, it's a joint decision and you know, let's face it, when you're out there, when, you know, I know with my, I haven't done anything as long as the AT through hike the AT, but when you're out there, they're at home working and worrying about you. And, and in my case, and Jessica, it sounds like you'll be going through this. They're the people that are going to be sending your resupplies. They're the people you're going to be calling up on good and bad days. They're going to be people, yeah. be the people talking you down from the ledge when you, when you think you might want to quit or give up, you know? Yeah. I, and yeah, they're partners in all this. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything I'm hearing is the trail is uh, what, 75% mental, 25% physical. Uh, I'm hoping that's the truth <laughs> because, you know, our age, Marty, you know, you don't you don't bounce back from little twists and things and little minor little injuries that can every little thing can take you off trail. Um yeah, you're, you're absolutely. Yeah, and a twisted ankle is going to linger around a lot longer in your 50s than it does in your 20s. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is the truth. And as far as being called crazy, I know um, when I 
when I joined the military and volunteered to do uh, submarine duty, and and you're going to be underwater for for like two or three months at a time. Yeah, that was when I was called crazy. This is not as bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I you know I'm six months on trail is nothing to three months underwater. I am hoping. <laughs> it's, it's a really long walk. Yes. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. As we've done with the past episodes, the two of you have been on, we'll make sure we put links to any social media you have. Uh, Jessica, if you start writing for the trek, we we'll certainly will do what we can to support and promote that for you as well. Cool. Um, we're hoping to have you guys back on again before you get out on trail. Sure. Uh, I just want to add, I'm, I'm just using a, uh, an app, uh, it's called day one and it's a journal and I'm going to write a couple of sentences every day, put one picture in it, move on to the next day. Right. Um, and I'm going to put it and I try to put it all together when I'm done. Uh, I do, I, I, I am published with one cookbook. Uh, a few years back, I published a cookbook and, um, and my next book, uh, I would like to publish uh, just a memoir of, of, of the trail. Well, for what it's worth, my book started out as just a trail journal, just mm-hmm. the same way, just a few sentences yeah. here and there. My wife read it and said, you know, you can make this into a book. You know, you, t- if yeah, you take that's... the crazy stories mm-hmm. you told me and the little things that happened <clears throat> and fill in the blanks, you got, you got a book there. That's all I'm looking to do. You know, just let, just like that for a through hike. Jess, you, Jess, you doing any videos or just writing? Oh, I am not a video person. I, <laughs> I think the, the blogging and stuff is probably where it ends. I have a hard time uh, even putting myself out on social media. Like I'm, you know, I know that I'm doing the trail, so I'm trying to push myself to put pictures and, and stuff up from like just day hikes. I can get in the habit of it because I know people want to check up on me. So yeah, but yeah, I'm not a video or I can't do that. It's a lot of work. Um, I do, I do trail magic every summer for one day in Connecticut. And I try to follow these people on social media and see when I can get the most of them in one day, which by the time Connecticut rolls around, it's thinned out to like a handful of people. And uh, they just tell me it's really, really hard. You know, at the end of your long day, now you got to edit and upload. And like, it's really, really hard. Yeah. Uh, there's one gentleman out there, uh, Craig Maines goes by the name of Hawk. Uh, I've known him for over three years and uh, I usually spend an entire day with him every time he comes through Connecticut. It's just, seventh time doing the trail and he came through in, in, in July, you know, called me directly. Hey, I'm coming through. Okay, man, I'll be there. And, uh, you know, we just hang out all day and it's just really, really hard. It's how hard is, how hard is vlogging? It's, it's just really hard. <laughs> so I, I really didn't want to do that anyways, but I would, um, I'm more of a writer. So. All right. Well, I want to thank the both of you for giving up your time tonight, uh, being generous enough to share your, your, pre-hike stories here and as we lead up to it because you know you have been on before but i think people look forward to these updates because you know this is a lot more than just grabbing your gear and heading out onto the trail and i'm hoping to get that message across to people so they can see this Mm -hmm. and and people do share in these journeys you know there's a reason why we watch the youtubes we're rooting for people we want to see people finish and i Mm -hmm. saw that this year with the comments i was receiving so as i said Jessica, Andy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight, and we will be in touch soon. 
Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done so yet, go to our website, palmabearhikes.com. Listen to past episodes. Check us out on social media. Go to our YouTube channel, Martin Outside. All those links are there. In addition to that, you can buy our book or see what you're missing out on if you're not a Patreon member yet. Remember to get outside, have fun, and be safe. This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.